Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Fantastic Lady Day Podcast. I am your host, Carrie Collins, and it has been a minute, and we're going to talk about it. And I mean, we just have so much to share. Have to, I'll have to look back and see the date of our last episode, but um, so a lot of things have changed. Um, and the main thing that has cha- changed is, um, well, I think before I started the podcast, I think I told you guys that my mom ended up moving in with us. And so that's been really good. And she's been helping me with the kids. And I've been finally kind of getting getting myself sorted out that I've been needing to do that I just never have the time to do because my husband is a police officer in the military. And so that means that I never, like, he never has time to do anything. So I never get a break. So I never get any sort of time to, like, figure out what I want to do with my life. Um... So that's why I kind of started the podcast and it's evolved and things have happened. Um, also, over the summer, a lot of things have changed. Well, the main thing is, is that a lot of things have changed with my job. And one person got fired, another person quit for a different job, and then another person got laid off. So my workload tripled. Um, I do photo editing work. For a real estate photography company and um, even though the market's like been really crazy there have still been a ton of houses that have been going up for sale so my workload just doubled and trying to work from home and having a toddler and then Scarlett starting school it was just I needed a minute I needed I needed quite a few months to figure all of that out And so, um, here we are. I am determined because I started going back down into, um, I can recognize when I start going back into like that survival mode and that low functioning and those kinds of things. And what's frustrating is, is that, you know, now that my mom, who I'm so happy lives with us, but literally every single room in my home is filled. It's hard for, like, I have to be able to record when my toddler goes down for a nap, but the only room I can literally film in is my sister, or my daughter's room that is right next door. So we're going to try it out today, see if it works, um, see if it works out, because I have to be able to film on Mondays, but of course my husband is working. So typically, if I'm going to film, it'll be, I don't have a place in my house that's specifically set up to record these videos so that's really frustrating and that makes it kind of a little bit harder to record these videos when I can't just like have my setup and just be able to turn on a button and go so I have to do a whole thing to set this up um but that's okay and I'm having to hold my mic because I'm literally sitting on my daughter's bed (laughs) anyway it's been a frustrating time this season has been really has been really challenging. And then my son, my two-year-old, um, has started doing the two-year molar. So we're back in that game. So it's just, it's just been a struggle. And I'm really, 
really tired of being in survival mode. I don't know if maybe you understand this, but it's just the last 10 years, really since I got pregnant, it's just been like just trying to go through the daily functions as best as I can without too many bumps and bruises and kicks and screams and emergency room visits and stuff. Um, and I just, I, it's not a quality of life. I have not really have not been happy in the last five years. I mean, there is happiness in my life and I'm very thankful for a lot of the things that are in my life. But if you don't understand what it's like to live in survival mode for 10 years, then it's kind of hard to really be able to put yourself in that position and understand the full aspect of everything. Although my mental health has become a lot better, um, I still really struggle. But having my mom here has been a blessing because I've been able to I've been able to get out of survival mode and into a space where of healing and moving forward and being able to think clearly. And I think that's like the biggest thing that I experienced is that when you're in survival mode, you can't make decisions. Like making a simple decision is literally the hardest thing that I could ever be asked to do. Um, and I find myself still being hard. Be having a hard time with doing that and um like like recently like we're trying to we want to go next year is our 10 year anniversary and we're trying to figure out when we want to go um like when we want to go on an anniversary trip and i just found i just now today like, I'm just, like, I'm needing a minute to think about it. Even making those kinds of decisions, I find that I'm still getting tripped up on. And because I have grown up my whole entire life being a pe people pleaser, I am so easy to fall into whatever is easiest for you. I find myself saying that so many times. Um... And kind of going back into, I'm realizing through my mom's um, recent past or this last relationship, really delving into the narcissistic abuse part of things. And because I grew up with a narcissistic parent and realizing like the dynamics that are created in a family when you have a narcissistic parent. So I've, I've learned that there's always two, two very main, I mean, there's multiple parts to it, but there's two very specific things that both me and my sister fall into. And there's always a scapegoat and a golden child. And definitely... I fell into what you would consider the golden child and my sister fell into the scapegoat. And so the more I really looked into those two dynamics created from narcissistic abuse, um, both parties are being abused just in very, very different ways. Um, 
And I just remember growing up and, you know, as I was getting older, like my mom and my sister were just like, you're, you're so strong, you're so independent, you're so this, you're so that. But you have to understand that even though I was seen as a golden child and I wasn't necessarily... I wouldn't say I wasn't verbally abused because I was, but it wasn't as aggressive as my sibling when she was younger. My The aggression started coming when I became an adult and started making decisions on my own because the dynamic of that I grew up in was... Um, the reason why I was considered a golden child, I truly believe, was because I was, I did not, it was more painful for me to be con- confronted and to be just attacked and, and make somebody upset, make make my parent upset. And so I would just do whatever they asked. I just pretty much would do, sacrifice my wants and needs and desires and whatever what have you um so that my narcissistic parent would be okay would be subdued would be whatever um and so that kind of raised the whole people pleaser thing in me um but you don't negate the fact that you are being abused i was very very neglected throughout my um entire childhood so the quote super independent and strong side wasn't because that's who necessarily i was because i was a child who needed parents um, but because i didn't have that my mom 100 percent had to take care of my sister in in all of her needs and so i had to learn everything on my own um and so why i'm talking about that is because those things are like starting the last like i would say two or three months that the people pleasing the sacrificing sacrificing myself for other people's ease and you know i'm realizing i have continued to do that into my 40s and I don't have all the answers because I've just kind of realized these things in myself but I've I've realized that because of one living in survival mode of two my my childhood and upbringing in this people pleasing mentality um has has made me realize it's something that does not serve my life anymore and so i'm really trying to be conscious of when of when i fall into those routines or if if you want to call it that and making sometimes making like decisions when it when you're making this when i'm making my own decision i'm very cutthroat i'm very easy it's like this that the other thing But when I have to make a decision with me and another person, that's where I fall short, very short. And I'm automatic default to whatever's easiest for you. 
I can adjust myself to whatever is easiest for you. And that goes right back to my narcissistic abusive parent uh, negating my wants and, and my needs for their wants and needs. And so I'm just at the tip of the iceberg with this thing. And I'm just now recognizing things. And it makes it harder. Like if you're a parent, you know this. It just makes it harder when you have small children because you're already sleep deprived. And so being sleep deprived makes it so much harder to be present, to be able to think as clearly as you need to because I'm just not getting the sleep that I need to be able to do that. Um, but I, I'm feeling really positive about finally being able to have this brought to the surface so that I can recognize those signs. And right now I'm, I'm learning how, how that feels in my body, how that feels in my mind. Um, you know, what comes up when I'm confronted with a decision that has to be made for me and another person. Um, it's easy when it comes to my kids because, you know, they can't always make, I mean, especially when they're little, like they can't make those decisions on their own. And I'm very, it's just a whole different thing when it's your kids. And it's just so easy for me to make the decision for the most part when it comes to my kids. Um, but when it comes to like me and my husband or me and a friend or me and that, I am 100% always, um, I'm 100% always going to do what they want to do and sacrifice myself. Um, and I need to stop that because that doesn't, I mean, there's a time and a place for, I mean, I think there is, you have to obviously be able to come to an agreement that's, that, you know, serves both people, but the part that's toxic for me is that I automatically throw myself on the chopping block and throw myself out of the equation. And I'm horrible with that when it comes to my husband. And, and the great thing about him, though, is that if I were to, now that I can recognize it, I can clearly, like, communicate this to him so that maybe he can also, too, recognize um, how to go about proposing those kinds of decisions to me um, instead of just being like, well, what do you want to do? Well, what do you, you know, um, you know, it, it come when he asks, sometimes how he asks me makes me feel like it's very confrontational. Like it has to all be on me and it feels too much pressure. And I think there needs to be a way of asking me like how, how this can be more of a joint questioning rather than a, what do you want to do? So anyway, I don't know, like I said, I don't have, I'm just hitting the tip of the iceberg. So I don't know. And I don't have all the tools on how this needs to work out, but I'm looking at this as a really big learning opportunity so that, you know, I can grow and I can let this go because I don't want to, I don't want to be, an example to my children that this kind of toxic, I don't know, toxic response is okay. Um, I, I'm always trying to 
specifically with my daughter, you know, always trying to reiterate that like, it's okay for you have an opinion and it's okay if you don't want to do stuff and it's okay for you to voice things. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and people who support you and love you and respect you are going to hear you. And, and, you know, so I'm trying to be that example and I want to make sure that, um, that my children know that, that they are important, that there is a time to sacrifice and there's a time to negotiate and there's a time, but in the end you have to do what is best for you as well, because you are just as important as other people. So, yeah. (laughs) So big things are happening. Um, but the main reason why I haven't been podcasting is just because the time, man, kids, kids and work. It really just, I mean, I've been working, speaking of work, let me do a little, a little ranting because I'm kind of over it. Um, and it's kind of a, it's, it's, it's kind of like a touchy thing because, um, it's my brother-in-law's business. And so, you know, I'm, I have worked with friends before, Um, so I can like decompartmentalize between, you know, business and family. Not everyone I think can do that, but, um, but I'm very much capable of being able to set those two in two different places. Um, anyway, so I've been doing this for a little over a year now and we've, started using a new he's very much into the tech stuff like all the new tech stuff and I guess the way that they've structured it they wanted it to be is definitely not I wouldn't even say I don't know maybe it is entry level but they wanted it to be able to where somebody can just come in and just with minimal training just start doing stuff And that would be great if you didn't hire a 40-year-old woman with a bachelor's degree and like, you know, 20 years of, 20 plus years of work experience. Um, and so because of this expensive soft AI software that we're using now, they had to cut, I get paid per project. And so they had to cut um, some of the costs that I get paid. <laughs> They had to cut some of the costs that I get paid so that they can pay for this new software. Uh, meanwhile, my workload has tripled. I've had to hire a babysitter. Again, I am very well experienced in many different industries. Um, and get, and I'm even when it was at the old pay scale, I still wasn't making a livable wage, even at the height of, you know, what I was making at the peak of the season. Like that's still not a livable wage at all. Not even in Oklahoma where the company is based, but it's just anyway. So that has been a real struggle. And that's another point that I wanted to bring up is that, um, in this kind of laying myself out on the chopping block is really like, I feel like part of it is really knowing like what my worth is and recognizing that I am a very well-educated woman. Um, I'm supporting help, trying to help support a family. I have a ton of experience. I am a hundred percent an asset to wherever I work, not even just with this company. 
but you know, I keep choosing a lot of the reason why I have to choose the kinds of jobs that I, that I have is because, um, professional, I couldn't keep a professional job for a very long time because of the military aspect, because there's like, somebody has to be available for our children. And so, um, having a regular time job, I would be having to now, I would be having to pay for multiple kinds of childcare and, you know, just somebody has to be available to the kids. And of course it's always going to be me because that is just in my personality, you know, um, you know, again, putting myself on the chopping block is I have to be the one to sacrifice the work life. Um, it's not an equal thing, <laughs> you know, but there's also this aspect of like, because I have of the jobs that I have to take, it's easier for us to cancel out my job because he's the one that's making the good money to be able to pay for the bill. So it's like a whole, that part of it kind of gets really trapped in this whole like cycle of craziness. So that part I'm trying to um, figure out because I don't want to keep taking these piddly jobs that don't respect the experience and the education and the knowledge that I've had for 20 plus years working. Um, and so that's what, I think that's like really the main reason why I'm frustrated with my current situation is because yet again, I've thrown myself on the chopping block. Um, and I've just felt really hopeless with like trying to work on a career. Like at some, at one point I was really trying to work on, um, my naturopathy, um, certification and being licensed and all that stuff. But it's either money or time that I don't ever have ever. Um, so I kind of got into this really, this really big hole of just feeling really hopeless. Like all I'm ever going to be is a wife and a mom. Um, and that's never something that I, I have said it from way before I was married. Like being a stay at home mom is never what I wanted. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's me learning and flexing those muscles to start to assert myself. But really like I've been trying to take this time to figure out exactly what I want. I know. And here's what I know. Here's what I know about myself in case anybody wants to know the in-depths of Carrie Collins. <laughs> I am a very deeply rooted creative person. I have to have creative outlets to that are just mine, nobody else's. Um, and that's why I've always like kind of diversified my creative interest is because I'm trying to figure out what works for me. Um, I just love being creative. I love coming up with ideas. I'm not always great with the execution, but I, I love coming up and going through the, the processes of creating like that's just inherent of who I am. Um, I also really, really love, and I'm just going to kind of put it in a blink spirituality. And, and that includes my religion, my faith. Um, but that also includes the spiritual, like the mind body, like yoga, meditation, um, healing, those kinds of things are very much in my wheelhouse. That's why I wanted to go into naturopathy or I even thought about doing, um, 
nutritional therapy. But again, it's just, you know, it's figuring out 100% like what I want and trying to move forward to it. And um, I think that's, that's where I have to start is like now that I'm coming out of this fog, recognizing and, and practicing, I think it really is a thing of practicing something that you're not used to doing, specifically when it's like a character trait or a personality trait, um, you know, in, 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 but doing it, I think the key with being successful at it is doing it with people that have made a safe space for you. Because if you just do it with strangers, then it may be easy or whatever if you never see them again. But when it comes to like my husband, he's created a safe enough space for me to feel like it's doesn't it's not I'm not on a defense. I'm not in a confrontational situation kind of a thing. Um, so he allows he's created a space to allow me to flex and practice those muscles of asserting and saying, this is Carrie's wants, this is Carrie's needs. I'm willing to work on it, but I need to be able to work within this space of what is needed for me. Um, so yeah, I think if I can truly make a good decision on, and honestly, I write lists, I write a ton of lists, like all I've been writing, I need. I'm writing a list of all the decisions, big decisions, not just little things, not just like the daily whatever's I'm talking about big decisions. I'm trying to write a list of the big decisions that I need to make with my husband or with friends or with family. And, um, I think if I can just keep practicing that stuff, I will definitely, man, growing, man, we never stop. I've turned 40 and I look at this. I'm still dealing with stuff. Um, from childhood and it's insane, you know, and I don't want anybody to feel discouraged or feel, you know, any sort of, it is what it is. I mean, that's what life is all about is, is working through whatever you have to work through to live the best life that you can in this lifetime. And, you know, having the support of close friends and close family, like that's what it's about. And, you know, seeing what my mom has had to go through has really, I think, helped bring that to the surface. Um, I love my mom and I'm so sorry that she has to go through this, but I just would never, I would never want to be, put myself in that sort of situation. And I think that's why breaking generational stuff is so hard. It's so intense. And I feel like that's what I have to do. Like, I don't even think it's like a question of if I look at my children and I think about what I went through and what I experienced as, as at their ages. And I can't even believe that my parents found a rationality to why that was even okay. And I don't, and this is not an attack on my parents. Please don't think that this is an attack on my parents because I understand, you know, 
I understand as an adult, as someone who's worked through a lot of this and healed from a lot of this, I understand that you can only do with, with the knowledge that you have at the time and everybody was always doing their best. Um, but trauma is trauma. And my parents caused major trauma. Both of them equally have caused major trauma in my life that has affected me as an adult. And that's just the truth of it. Just like their parents um, were abusive and they caused irreparable trauma to both of my parents. And But that's where the recognition and the things come in that I want to break those abuses that have kept happening and I'm doing the best that I can. Again, we only can do what we can do with the knowledge that we have at the time. But I, it is my hope that, you know, through my faith that I will just be able to recognize and be guided when in my misgivings, just as much as my successes, um, because that's what my children and my grandchildren and my great grandchildren deserve. They deserve. They deserve to live life without stress and fear and negativity and toxicity. They need. There's like, like this is my this is my thought. Like the world is going to get a hold of them one day. So I am here to give them a foundation of just calm and peace. And, and working things out together as a family, all the stuff that I never had, I want to be able to give that to my children so that they, like, even when they go out in the world and they have their own families and their own lives, they know that they can come home to their mom and dad. It's a safe space. It's a landing space. It's a healing space so that at least there's one place in the world, one place in the world. That they are a hundred percent loved, respected, supported in however it is specifically to them that they need it. <sighs> wow, this got this got a little deep. And so you know, this is why I haven't been podcasting. <laughs> but I do plan on um, continuing the pod. Um, I I have really tried to set the space that this is going to happen. This is what I want to do. Um, so yeah, I, I might even have, um, I'm, I'm going to see if I can have one of my friends, um, be in an episode cause we're going to be in Oklahoma for, uh, Thanksgiving. So anyway, um, <laughs> I don't want this to go on too long. We're going to be getting into a lot of stuff over the next few episodes. So I really appreciate you guys sticking with me, waiting around. Um, We are back. We're happy. We're healthy. And um, anyway, don't forget that we also have the audio that's on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Um, You're also, you know, obviously watching on the YouTube. So make sure you subscribe for all the new episodes as well. And I think that's it, guys. I appreciate you. And I hope you all have a fantastic lady day. See you next time.